Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Yes Mother, a podcast covering the A&E series Bates Motel. Today we will be covering episode three of season two called Caleb. I'm Sue. And I'm Em. talking to the guests but they oh. don't answer back so how are you <laughs> i'm good i'm good how are you good has your life slowed down a little bit um yeah today seemed really busy we had a funeral and oh no well it was it was a lady i didn't know and yeah wow. <laughs> luncheons and things and Oh, and I went to the gym last night, and I, like, I went at, like, 9, which is what I like to do after the kids go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I normally, I run the elliptical for 45 minutes, and I decided to do it last night, but I went, like, 10 levels higher than I usually do. Because <laughs> I also sometimes try and make it to a spin class on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And I think, you know, spins, uh, like, stationary bikes. Right. And and they also incorporate weights. It's like a Japanese style. I forget what I don't remember what it's called, but where we incorporate weights with it. And I get so tired at these classes. I'm like, if I'm just working out on my own, I do not work out half this hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I really should up my own workout just so I'm not like wasting my time. Anyway, right. it exhausted me, and so I, like, woke up all sore and tired, and then I had this huge day. Oh, wow. Crazy. But I actually watch stuff. Yay. Oh, right on. Well, my life hasn't been as crazy. Just today was a little more nuts than usual. Yeah, my life's been... We kind of had a busy week weekend. We're getting the camper ready. Um, we have we're going camping over Easter, so yeah, you do that every year, don't you? We try to. Yeah, our we have some friends that own some property out a little bit like west of Wendover, and they own like ten acres in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> hmm. So we like to go out there at Easter because it's not too hot yet, so the creepy desert bugs aren't out yet. Yeah. No, it's good. And, 
Yeah, it's just 10 acres in the middle of nowhere. It's fun. There's like, I don't know, sometimes up to like 10 couples there. And we build huge bonfires and we're on private land. So no one can do anything, you know. It's a lot of fun. So No one can do anything because you're on private land? Well, no one can be like, who are you guys? Oh. You know, Do people do that when you're camping? If you get loud and stuff um. or have too big of a fire, if you're like up in the Uintas, there's kind of rules you have to go by. But out there, meh. No rules. <laughs> no rules. It's <laughs> <That was> frightening. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we have our own rules. Right. <laughs> like, guns get lopped locked up once the beer comes out uh, the <laughs> that's good rule. like number one rule <laughs> <laughs> yep um, other than that no rules <laughs> <laughs> except the, the firewood can't be too close to the fire because people fall over it <laughs> oh yes especially when the beer comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so rule number two is the firewood pile is about 30 feet away from the actual fire. <laughs> I get in. Listen to these rules. All <laughs> you sure there aren't any more? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. No four-wheeler motorcycling after beer is cracked. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Um, that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> oh, the horseshoe, the horseshoe posts have to be away from like the common area too. <laughs> There's been some pretty, pretty bad bruising. <laughs> no one's paling though. <laughs> no one paling yet. No. <laughs> Good thing you have that rule. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's the that's where we were when Cam got in his motorcycle accident a couple of years ago. Ah, yes. Well, I guess that was about four or five years ago, actually. So, no, it was 2007, so like seven years ago, yeah. Isn't it weird so, how time goes by like that? I know, it's crazy. What was that, like last year? I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of limping. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, that was early in the morning, so beers hadn't been cracked yet. That was a just a malfunction on the motorcycle itself. But anyway, so yeah, we're getting the camper ready. I sewed curtains all weekend. I Cam just said to make whatever curtains I wanted, so I went to Joanne's and found like the cool Star Wars material and made Star <laughs> Wars curtains. <laughs> rooster material too but i went with star wars because you know when it comes to curtains in your camper why not just do whatever have some fun sure so oh by the way i've been thinking this last week how many new listeners we have and only about a third at this point have gone back to our old episodes so in case you haven't caught on sue and i are sisters Oh, yeah. Yeah, we probably should assume that every podcast is someone's first podcast, huh? Right. I think so. they probably, I, I don't I remember with Jack and, who, what were their names? The Lost Podcast? Jay and Jack. Jay and Jack. I, 
I took forever trying to figure out their relationship. It's like, you knew they were related. Well, it took me like over a year to figure out they were father and son. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Emily and I are sisters. So, And you should probably have figured out that what we've been watching is just, since we're sisters, we like to talk about what we've been watching and share. Because we have pretty similar tastes, so this is just something we've always done as we share what we've been watching and mm-hmm. I actually got the idea from slash Filmcast. They have a, what we've been watching. So totally taking it from them guys, <laughs> stealing that idea. Uh, we just like to breezily chat about what we've been watching. Just, um, well, it's, it's kind of what Emily and I talk about anyway, a lot when we talk exactly. and it, we've been able to, you know, kind of turn each other on to some pretty good stuff. And so... Yeah, like, through the years we've been doing that, so it's just kind of fun to do it. Yeah. A little so, more formally or whatever. But, yep, we're sisters who live in Utah. My husband's camp. I've got a dog. If you can hear him, he's chewing on a big cow bone. <laughs> 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 um, but his name's Bunny. I'll explain the bunny real quick. My husband is a huge fan of reggae music he has been since he was like i don't know like 11 or 12 and so our first dog together was named tosh after peter tosh his favorite reggae artist and then tosh died about two years ago and we got a new dog about a year ago and named him bunny after bunny rate whaler cam's second favorite reggae guy (laughs) (laughs) so that's how bunny is named bunny He's a big English Mastiff. (laughs) And I'm married to Rob. We have two little girls and a dog. She's a Great Dane, so she's big too. Her name's Lola, and she's named after Lola from Charlie and Lola, a little British uh, cartoon for kids that my eight-year-old has been obsessed with for years and years. And so (laughs) when we got a girl dog, it had to be Lola. Didn't surprise me at all when you told me what her name was. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter, like, grew up with Charlie and Lola. It just something that hit her fancy at about two. Oh, and yes. So there were some words she had never heard except for on that show, so they had a little British accent to them. <laughs> <laughs> she used to call cookies biscuits. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, she watched a lot of Charlie and Lola. so funny so funny so yep that's who we are um here we are back after what we've been watching that'll come later yeah it was very long spoiler alert (laughs) 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 if you haven't watched the episode of the grove of walking dead don't listen to it (laughs) Well, actually, we do it as spoiler uh, spoiler section at the end of it. Um, yes. So, you yeah. know what? I'm pleased. I don't know if you look at the downloads, but we only, on the two that we've released separately, there's only about 10 less listeners. And that is oh, wow. a tiny amount. So, sounds like most people are oh. listening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't look at the downloads at all. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> To give you a report, but yeah, we have a very small amount seem to don't go to that. So nice people must like it enough, (laughs) unless it just automatically hits their iTunes and they 
<laughs> don't listen. <laughs> they download, but don't listen. That could be. Um, okay, so now let's. Um, it's time let's for comment cards. Comment cards from our guests. All right. So do you want to read Alex? Okay, we have a new um, possible guest, I suppose. Yep. We definitely have a new comment card from Alex. Or Alec. Oh, I bet it is Alec. Sorry, Alec. Um, he doesn't okay. say where he's from, so he's Alec from the internet. <laughs> Alec from the interwebs. Okay. Hey, Em and Sue. I just binge-watched the show on Netflix about a month ago and completely fell for it. I'm a huge fan of Psycho and the idea of someone touching on Norman's pre-Psycho, Norman's story pre-Psycho, had me very intrigued. Yes, you are not alone. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed listening to your podcast as I made my way through the first season. Unfortunately, now we have to wait a week in between each episode, but that's 100% worth the wait. It is. I assume you're talking about the show, <laughs> not our show. Not our, not our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but if you mean oh, the yes. podcast, thank you. Yes, but, uh, yes, it is worth the wait. It's always been fun this season. Three great episodes, in my opinion. Um, okay. I thought this week's episode was great. I thought it was funny that they touched on Norma, Norman, and Emma's new love interests all in one episode. However, I can't help but hate that they brought the pot-wielding gunner guy back. Is he back in town for trimming again? It just seems a little convenient to me that he's there at the same time that Norman meets this new girl and all that nonsense. I don't think there's some grand storyline behind it, but it just bothers me a little that they chose that guy of all people. My two cents? I was just so excited that it was Cupcake Boy and not Twilight that I just had no qualms. <laughs> Me too. I was so glad it wasn't Twilight. I saw that and I was like, yes! <laughs> oh, and I guess we should explain for first-time listeners, we just call Bradley's boyfriend from season one Twilight. <laughs> yeah, his name's Twilight. We have no idea who his name is. <laughs> he just looks like one of those vampires from the twilight movies <laughs> right <laughs> he just has that vibe he just has that look for some reason to me and yeah so yeah i i assumed sue felt the same way but we we're just like yay gunner and it, it made sense to me that uh a pot dealer was going to be at that little shindig it did and you know it works. It's summertime. Maybe it's another harvest. Maybe they're back in town. I don't know. Yeah. It he's, was a little convenient, but it worked. But yeah, he's there. We have to deal with it. <laughs> and it's not Twilight, because that just didn't work in my head. Twilight did not work in my head either. We and Gunner's cute. He is cute. He's adorable. And, okay. you know, just because he deals with a little weed, he's not, doesn't make him a terrible guy. No. You know, it's not like he's dealing heroin or something. And, um, she's so cute on pot. <laughs> and now we know that she's really cute. And now really she's cute, cute a little drunk. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, back to the email. How about Caleb? What a scumbag. The second Dylan said Norma doesn't have a brother. My theories of Caleb being Dylan's dad were confirmed, and the way that K Dylan and Caleb were bonding just dug the knife even deeper. However, I'm not sure if Caleb had any idea that he was Dylan's father. They look so similar, he had to have some idea, right? 
that's all a big mystery. We'll get into it, I guess. I don't later, know. But <laughs> yeah. Big mystery there. Um, yeah, Caleb is a enigma to me. Oh. Crazy. Um, I hate Caleb so much. Oh, okay. This is interesting. I, I'm really intrigued by him. Um, okay, so when Norman walks in as Norman and Dylan are having their shouting match, for a split second, I thought Norman was going to kill the crap out of Dylan. <laughs> but I knew there was no way they could end Dylan's story just like that. And sure enough, Norman drops a bomb. You've got an uncle father. Boom. I give this episode four out of five uncle fathers. <laughs> This episode was great, and I can't wait to hear what you folks have to say about it. Cheers, ladies. Alec. P.S. Zane sucks. Zane <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Zane is horrible. Oh, he sucks so bad. But thank you for the comment card, Alec. We perhaps, Alec. Oh, I haven't even checked. Maybe you did. But <laughs> I thought we will tentatively, for, you know, one reservation, we'll put you in room three for now. Yes. Uh, hint, hint, an iTunes review would go a long way to getting you <laughs> more permanently in that spot. But for now, you get room number three at the Bates Motel. Yes, we will put you up in room three. Enjoy your stay. And... We are glad to have you. We are. And I like how you call him Uncle Father, but... I had already written down Uncle Daddy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going with Uncle Daddy. The way Dylan acted, I think Daddy is more appropriate. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to read Tyler's? Yes, yeah, so Tyler, who is our guest in room number two, um, writes in and says, Hey, Evan Sue, it's Tyler again, but this time coming from the newly occupied room number two. It may not be as famous as some of the other rooms, but it's rather cozy, although my neighbor in number one is rather loud at night and keeps me awake all the time. So, Harold, <laughs> keep it down. All right, Harold, don't make us get over there. <laughs> Come over there. We'll send Norma. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want us to send Norman Norma. <laughs> <laughs> I think Norma might be enough. Norma would be enough. Yep. Uh, anyways, I just finished watching this week's episode, and boy, I didn't think the show could get any weirder. <laughs> <laughs> we started off the first season with murder, an extremely uncomfortable mother son relationship, basement disco balls, <laughs> Asian sex slaves, and now we've got a brother and sister having a child and weird gay makeout <laughs> sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what's in store for us in the future. Overall, though, I enjoyed the episode, even though I predicted a lot of the twists and turns along the way. One of the highlights for me was the introduction of Caleb and everything he brought to the table. Seeing Norma freak out on him and kick him out was rather cool, and as soon as we got Dylan and Caleb starting to get to know each other and bond, I knew exactly how this was going to end. They just looked too similar to be a coincidence, and I've had that possibility of them being father and son on my mind ever since you two brought it up on the podcast. 
As disturbing as it was, though, it does finally give us an explanation as to why Norma has never been as close to Dylan as she is to Norman and how he is a reminder of all the awful stuff that happened to her when she was young and wishes to forget. Yes. Another thing that was pretty cool was the whole Norma making friends plot. I agree. Uh, Oh, yeah, I like that. This was one of my favorite parts of the episode. Seeing Norma interact with all those people was really amusing, and I'm glad she's starting to have some kind of life besides Norman for once. We also got to see her meet Miss Watson's father, which was really cool, and I'm really excited to see what kind of dynamic those two will have in the future. The best thing by far for me, though, was Norman getting groped by Philip at the party. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) Oh, great. I thought Norman's reaction was priceless, and the whole Cody assuming Norma was gay definitely got a laugh from me. The last scene with Norman charging Dylan, picking him up, and then proceeding to beat the crap out of him was pretty epic as well. Good grief. Norman wasn't even in a fugue day, and he just wailed on him. He picked I him know. up. I watched it three times. <laughs> I know he. I noticed that, too. He was not in one of his you know, trance no. things. No, he was totally all there. And that is the fight I saw when I, in the spoiler section of last episode, I, I guess I, they just yeah. didn't show enough of it. I guess I just assumed it was Caleb, but it was Dylan that Norman was attacking. Um, but then Tyler goes on to say, so that's what I've enjoyed about the show. And I'm definitely looking forward to the next episode. One thing I wanted to recommend to you both of you real quick is if you haven't seen it, already is a psycho legacy documentary that came out a few years ago It's very enjoyable and provides great tidbits of information about all four movies and gives a lot of insight into the creation of the norman bates character it's currently on dvd or watchable for free on potlucker if you ever have a chance to watch it anyways have a good good one and keep up the great work and then he he provides us with a link to that so, thank you, Tyler. I'm going to watch it. Me too, except I'm wondering if maybe you can clue us in. Ooh. If it gives insight on all the movies, maybe do we want to watch all the movies first? Oh, maybe. Okay, Tyler, we're going to leave it up to you. Let us know, because it'd kind of be fun to go into these movies blind <laughs> and yeah, then be able to talk about them. And, you know, I think... It might be fun to, uh, you know, we're, we've only got 10 episodes of these till next year. So we may just uh, do, what, you know, a few cycles, maybe one every few weeks, and just do them all, you know, in this break. Right, right. Because between the two of us, we know we've seen one or two of the cycles. <laughs> right, but they're so... Uh, there, I, there's no way I like know what's happening. <laughs> no, I, I don't no, know well enough. It's been several years since I've seen any of the Psycho sequels, and I think I've only seen one, maybe two of them. So, yeah, yeah maybe... it just it occurs to me that it might be better if we don't watch this yet, so we don't get spoiled on what's going to happen. I agree. And but then, Tyler, then sorry, this but... would be the perfect thing to review when all that's done. Yep. So, okay. Give us your two cents on that, Tyler. And uh, since you've seen it, 
But yeah, that my gut says that that's probably the way we should go. No, I agree. Cool. Okay. So, all right. So Tyler, you can um, you can stay in room number two. Absolutely, we have extended your stay. And Emily, just so you know, I have come up with a spreadsheet. I am keeping track oh, good. of who's in what room and when they got checked in. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love spreadsheets. <laughs> yes, Sue is the spreadsheet girl. Her spreadsheets are legendary. <laughs> <laughs> and I did come up with one in about five minutes. So I know who's checked into what room, when they checked in. Yeah, I was thinking, because we need that kind of information available if, you know, it, we're checking in new people every week, so I'm assuming that that's going to continue. It's going to well, get confusing. <laughs> well, I had an idea. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that once we get the Bates Motel occupied with its 12 cabins, 12 yes. vacancies, which now we're down to eight vacancies, um... So Norman and Norma are doing so well that they can open up like a little bed and breakfast. <laughs> and it can be called like Norma and Norman's Sandman. <laughs> the Sandman Inn. <laughs> so I thought they could open up new hotels to bring You are it. correct. Okay. So we will need that spreadsheet. I will email it to you. Okay. <laughs> All right, so do you want to read Harold's? Harold, yes. Okay, so here is your comment card from Room 1. I thought this was an improvement from the previous episode, even though it was another one where they were setting up pieces for later in the season. Yeah, you know, Dexter did it. All these shows, you got to have these episodes. You got to set up for the extreme last four episodes or whatever. Yep, exactly. But I don't know. I never mind them. But uh, good, I'm glad to hear Harold <clears throat> enjoyed it more. Okay, he says, I'm intrigued by Norma's introduction to Nick Ford. Surely Ford is aware that Dylan works for the competing paw business and that Norman was the kid taking his photo in the cemetery. There is now a connection between him with each of our three leads plus Romero, and I am curious to see how these will interconnect. I so, agree. Yes. Um, I'm thinking Ford is a very smart man, how we thought maybe Abernathy was. Maybe he is. <laughs> he is, like, the criminal genius. Right. Yeah, because, like, That's my, my little note that I wrote down about the little scene between Norma and Nick Ford was, my stomach hurts. <laughs> like, I just get an oogie feeling about those two knowing each other. Something. I big. agree. Uh, okay, so what is up with the checkout girl and her male companion? Did they have a bet between themselves over Norman? If so, they should both watch out, because imaginary Norma doesn't like it when someone is so forward as to make a pass at her son. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good point. <laughs> he has a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that scene was hilarious. I loved it. Uh, Raouf is back. Now that wasn't Raouf. It's Gunner. Okay, and Raouf wasn't back. Was he back? Did we miss him, or was he talking about? No, I think he's confusing. <gasps> yep, you're right. Okay, I haven't read this yet. Okay, so that wasn't Raouf. That's Gunner. But I wish it was Raouf. 
<laughs> or I wish Rauf was back. We all wish Rauf was back just to say Rauf. <laughs> 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 but now we got to say it because it's Harold. <laughs> and especially for Norma to say Rauf. <laughs> uh, Emma's dating Rauf. <laughs> <laughs> gets that look on her face. <laughs> Okay, so Gunner, he is a bad influence on Emma, which is why she is so happy to see him. Why do you think she arranged for a memorial for Bradley? I am thinking that she related to the tragic news of a young woman her age whose life was cut short, but I can think of several other alternative explanations as well. As well. Gee. Okay, so here's my idea. It's And she kind of, I think, said why, in my mind, is because... She still hates her, and she feels guilty, and there is part of it is that, you know, she knew her, and it really hit Emma hard because she's been hating her. She's probably been wishing she was dead because she still has those feelings for Norman, and so there's just that element there. And so I'm guessing that she did it out of guilt for how she's been feeling, and then once it happened, it didn't make her feel better. She still hates her, and she feels guilty about that. What do you think? I, yeah, I I agree because, you know, Bradley pretty much got in the way of Emma and Norman getting together. Um, big time, yes. Because if it wasn't was for Bradley, woman. I think I think Brad I think Norman would have would have been interested in Emma if it wasn't for Bradley. Well, yeah, she's that girl. She got her dude. She even slept with her dude. He stared at her when she was at a dance, when he was yeah. at a dance with Emma. It's he was obsessed with her. And then all summer when she was away, he wrote to her every day. And but I also have another little theory as to why Emma's so upset about this. Okay. And do you want to talk about it like when we get into the episode or now? Well, let's just do it now. Then we'll have to talk about it later. <laughs> so I think part of it could be that Emma has her own end of her life coming up rather shortly. Oh, boy, that didn't even. And so to see me, I don't know if it happened to you, but when when you're that age and someone your age dies, I mean, it's, it's weird anyway when someone your age dies, no matter how old you are, I think, unless you're like... Right. I don't know, 80. But you're immortal. Right, but when you're like 17. Yeah, you, know, you think you're immortal, and it's a very strange. It, it's very strange when someone your age dies, especially when it's a suicide. And especially when it's someone who seems to have it all. Yeah. So I kind of think that Emma is upset with Bradley for committing I was going to say, is that why you think she hates her? I kind of think she, she does. She threw her life away. She threw her life away. When Emma when Emma doesn't have much of a life anyway, we already know that her her lifespan is what, like 27? Is that what she said in season one? Yeah, and from I, what I know from cystic fibrosis, and I know that they've made leaps, but that's pretty generous. <laughs> or it was 10 years ago. Right. It's, Seems like early twenties to late teens is actually was so, at least pretty standard not too long ago. So, so Emma's dealing with this every day. She knows that she's gonna die young because of a disease that she can't help. 
you know? Right. No, those are, that's good thoughts. And so for Bradley to take her life, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know I've been close to like two people who have committed suicide. And I haven't been close. I've known several people in my life, but I guess no one that I've been close to. I've been quite close to two and it, it really sucks. And it leaves you with this anger and not really hate towards them, but just anger, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of think that's what Emma's dealing with. I don't know if it has that much to do with the fact that Bradley came in between her and Norman. I think it's more her own mortality. And that Bradley was someone who had everything to live for, and yet she, you know, I don't know. No, that's really cool. I didn't even touch on that, sadly. (laughs) (laughs) Should (laughs) have. Well, and it's just weird. It's it's also just very jarring when you're that young and someone your age dies. It's because it's just not part of your thought, you know? Right. I mean, I didn't have anyone die during high school but like within the year of when I graduated two girls I went to high school with that I was pretty good friends with both died in separate car accidents hmm. and it was really weird you know I was like 18 19 and it, it's just hard to like fathom death of someone that young because at that point you know you may have had like a grandparent die or someone who's old right. that you expect to die not someone your age well you know that happened to me the three cousins that got hit by the train oh that's right and i was 17 and he that's had just right. graduated they had graduated like two months before right. and the jackson boys the jackson right. boys and yeah he was like you know, I sat on the bus with him. I saw him all the time. You know, we were friends all growing since we were little kids. Well, it was weird for me because I knew them too, just as the younger kids in our ward, you know. Uh huh. Because we're yeah. two of them. Just one, but the one other them. one, they were, they were like, one I had never met. They were all cousins, and one I hadn't met, but two both went to my high school. Um, the other one lived in Springville. His family lived in Springville, so. Right. Yeah, but he, yeah, he was, he was like the cool, fun guy on the bus in the back of the bus, and like really cool, and would like save you a seat, you know, just awesome kid. Right, and you were seventeen, so I was probably like, yeah, twenty-one, twenty-two when it happened, because I remember that, and I remember being very upset about that too. You know, because it is. It's just upsetting when young people die. It's yeah. upsetting. And these kids were hit by a train. Ooh. Uh, it was bad. And yeah. Yeah. But so I kind of think that's Emma's deal. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. But so anyway. Okay. Uh, back to <laughs> Am I reading this? <laughs> Back to the comic card, sorry. Okay. Um, I am having a hard time believing Caleb is in town just to get a loan to buy a Costa Rican hotel. I am guessing he will be making plans to stay in town for a little bit longer. Uh, That's not exactly where my thoughts are going. 
I'm but, totally yeah. with Harold on this. I think he's going to take the money and run. He's going to stay in town with Dylan's money? I don't think he's going to stay in town, but I think the whole Costa Rica thing is just a huge oh, yeah. lie. Well, we'll oh. get into that in yeah. when we get into it. <laughs> um, okay, so do you agree with me that the power of the final scene in the kitchen was diminished by how obvious it was that Caleb is Dylan's father? I was just waiting for someone to say it out loud. I wonder, are you talking, Harold, about um, through the whole episode, it just seemed, the way they played it seemed so obvious, or just the fact that it was kind of something that we kind of had worked out already, that that was a big possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I, well, you know, that's the beginning, so I'll get into that later. But, um, yeah, I'd say yes. <laughs> they did make it quite obvious through the show. They did. They did. I mean, yeah. It still yeah. had impact. It that we'll get into it, but that it still, yeah. Scene that created some feels for me. <laughs> it did. Yeah. All right. Thanks for writing in, Harold. You can remain in room one. Just quit spying on Tyler and making <laughs> all that noise. <laughs> And finally, we just got, while we were recording, we got a, uh email from Carrie in room number nine. Yeah, and Carrie's not even on the Facebook because I announced when we were going to record, and that's why Harold, you know, quickly wrote in. Because I, I noticed his feedback came in. Just I don't sit and check our email all the time, <laughs> but I have the <laughs> Gmail app on my iPad. That comes with banners. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's, uh, this and McKinley Caster are the only two I have linked to that Gmail. They show up on my screen whenever I turn my iPad on. So I always know when we get emails, they just. Oh, gotcha. Okay. They come to my screen. So that's why I always, anyway, that's why I saw it come in uh, just within the hour of me announcing when we were going to record. So. Anyway, Carrie got it in. She didn't even know we were recording tonight. So, good job, Carrie. You had no clue. (laughs) Yep, you got it in in time. We We were actually recording when it came in. Yep. And uh, so she says, I hope I got this email in time for the podcast. If not, I do apologize and will pay you in advance for another night in room number nine. (laughs) I also have all these cupcakes from the neighbors, and you're welcome to those. Uh, she says, we have a huge revelation this episode. Dylan has an uncle dad named Caleb. So we got uncle father, uncle daddy, and uncle dad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> do you think it's true? Uh, hmm. yeah, I do. I, I don't know. Yeah. I do, do you too. think, do you think Norma is lying about being raped by Caleb? I don't. I have some things to say. Sweet. Um, I wasn't sure when she originally told Norman last season, but I do believe her now. I think Caleb came there to intimidate Norma and try to get money out of her. The whole my friends are getting a divorce and I want to buy their hotel story was a total lie. I agree. Uh, Poor Dylan. He was just trying to be a nice guy. I like that this third episode had a revelation in it, just like last season's third episode, What's Wrong with Norman, had the huge revelation of Norman finding... Jow in Shelby's basement. I like to see story arcs that are consistent from season to season. It makes the whole season flow very well. Yeah, like that the- is one great thing about Bates Motel, I feel. There's 
just good reveals almost every episode to you know they don't wait until the last of the season to I agree be like yep. okay guys we, everything yeah. we've we've mentioned that before that we just mm-hmm. we kind of like how they they talk about stuff and they wrap up stuff they yes. don't stretch it out you know not like lost i think carlton Cuse learned something learned a lesson or two let's <laughs> all hope it seems to be the case so far it does maybe it, that was all lindelof's doing it, it does and maybe now he's like i'm free <laughs> <laughs> yeah really <laughs> i'm gonna tell him everything <laughs> Uh, she says, I like charming Norma a whole lot better than crazy Norma. She looked so beautiful and was so funny with her falling into the Grand Canyon line. <laughs> I love that, too. <laughs> I've said it before. She is perfection. It takes quite an actress to create a character that was only portrayed as an elderly woman or a corpse in previous yeah. movies. Now there are so many layers to Norma. It's wonderful to see that. Yep. I do have a bone to pick with Miss Emma. Gunner is my man, and she needs to step off. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping it would be Gunner that is Emma's love interest this season. They are already adorable. I guess we need to know who's been leaving the the cupcakes and Carrie's door. (laughs) I kind of like the Gunner and Emma. So what would their shipping name be? Gumma? (laughs) Gumma. Yep. Or Emner. No. Emner. I like Gumma better. Gumma for sure. (laughs) Winner. (laughs) My what the bit moment this week was Norman, Cody, and (laughs) Philip. And did we need a character named Cody when we already have an Emma D. Cody? Dude, I didn't even realize that. You know, that is true i didn't even think of that that that's like a a um what's his name that creates julian fells move where there's like an edith and an edna and a (laughs) and a a guy was named something and (laughs) ethel wait there was a guy there was an ethel as well so there's edna edith and ethel (laughs) <laughs> and then there was Evelyn Evelyn, that's it, the guy <laughs> It was kind of a girl's name Yes, Evelyn Napier <laughs> I didn't feel that the whole make out at the beach And the I'm not gay conversation was needed at all It was needed for some giggles <laughs> <laughs> It didn't further anyone's character or the story but like I said, it was needed for giggles. <laughs> Maybe I missed something. If I did, please let me know because I was already confused by all that. I was just, I felt like it was just filler. I guess it was a little obvious, although I never thought, I wonder if people think he's gay. But, you know, the whole hair washing his mom's hair. And yeah. the way he's a mama's, I don't know, is that gay? <laughs> to be a mama's boy? I don't know. Is, is that it? gay tropey? It might be. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think like that, so I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. If you can look at it that way, it's kind of like, oh, now we have to all talk about, is he gay? I kind of just thought 
we were just getting to know like this Cody girl's personality and yes. what she's like is kind of like what it was doing. And the whole, every part of that was giggle inducing fun. <laughs> and that's how I took it. It was just, I had to laugh. Um, um, Carrie says I like Cody but she is almost as over the top as Zane I agree I I like her but they might I really liked her the first time but she she disappointed me this we'll just say yeah yeah I think they could tone her down a bit um, I get worried when characters like this start showing up, like the writers feel like they have to overcompensate to make it through the season. We have a clue that she doesn't get along with her father. Yep, I picked up on that. Yes, something's going on there. Something's up there. Sneak out the window and her father would get violent with her and Norman would trance out. But they just left the scene. It was so not needed. Mm, it might be needed as like some sort of foreshadowing. Yeah, I guess, I mean, this is... I feel like a broken record, but we'll get into it at that part, um, what I felt about that, I guess. I liked Caleb at first, but he's mostly a generic, money-grabbing character. I do hope he sticks around and remains unharmed so Dylan can get closure, because that is a lot to process. They will most likely get a DNA test done and deal with the results. Hmm. And what a badass Norman is. Yep. The tech work is already doing wonders for him because he gave his brother a good fight. He's already gotten ripped. (laughs) 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 Again, apologies if this is too late for the podcast. See you all next week and show your own ass. (laughs) That should be our our (laughs) send-off. You know what, Carrie? That's our sign-off. Chill your own ass. Thanks, Carrie. (laughs) You... Definitely have a permanent spot in room number nine. Unless yeah. someone outthinks you. Gives <laughs> sign off. <laughs> but that's our sign off. Um, so thanks, Carrie. And yeah. yeah, and thanks for everybody. We It's fun getting feedback. We love the comment cards. So keep sending them. And we will... Read them and check you into the Bates Motel as you send them in. And and yeah, Carrie, you bring up some things that we'll talk about while we discuss the episode itself. The episode proper. Yes. All right, so first thing I'm going to say as the show opens up, Norman's old man shirt. That's <laughs> <laughs> the most fantastic shirt ever. And just combined with the shorts. Okay, so I'm just like dying over this shirt. And like Rob had a shirt. This is back before they were hipsters. <laughs> he had a shirt of his grandpa's. It was actually his grandpa's shirt and he used to wear it all the time. And it was just, it was, you know, kind of in that vein. And it just made me laugh. And now hipsters do it all the time. But Rob was the original hipster. <laughs> but, um,. Anyway, so yes, loved the old man shirt. And then he stands up and he's got shorts on. I know, to see Norman based in shorts, I loved it. Shorts and bare feet. I know, but he needed to like complete the look with like some white socks and some divas. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have had on. Up. 
like white socks and like black sandals. Yes. That would have been so awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Just that shirt combined with shorts was just amazing. <laughs> oh, I agree. But uh, so. So a bad actor again, Norman. Emma comes in with this news. She just expects to absolutely crush him, and it should. All right, he... He barely acts affected by it. He is terrible. Seriously, Norman. <laughs> Do you want to hide Bradley or not? <laughs> I don't I would be so super suspicious. I guess people grieve in their own way, but... That's kind of how I took it, is that... He, it's like he barely even noticed. She said, "You know, it's just." Although asking if he could keep it seemed kind of. That was kind of what struck me was that when she goes to leave, she wants to take the newspaper with him, and he's like, "No, no, no, leave it." You know. So in my eyes, what I thought is that it's because it's a picture of her. It's the only thing. That's what I thought, too. It's going to go under the mattress along with Ms. Watson's <laughs> little newspaper clipping. <laughs> don't, don't want to know what he does with that stuff. <laughs> this is Norman time. <laughs> TMI. You can have me the rest of the day, but between one and three, it's Norman time. <laughs> Simpsons, the shitting. <laughs> That's a Willie's time. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> I wonder if it's funny because it's now so late. Eleven <laughs> thirty, <laughs> like and we're just now talking about it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh dear, this is gonna be a crazy one. Oh yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah, no, I agree. Norman, Norman was, um, he's not a good actor. <laughs> no, he didn't think that one through. Yeah, he should have acted a little bit more upset or maybe more surprised. <clears throat> but That's something that could come out later, although it's probably not going to. I don't think it's going to. But it's, you know, it's something he should have thought about that could be detrimental. <laughs> well, if it had been like Sheriff Romero in the yeah. room, that would be different, but it's just Emma. I don't, and Emma's just, she's really affected by this death of Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Now, can I just say right now, no Sheriff Romero. Boo hoo. <laughs> yeah, that takes down like yeah, half a, little a point. Bit. Yes. Half a point on this episode because there's no Romero. Missed I mean, him. He, even if it was just a shot of him, like, finding her suicide <laughs> note. <laughs> Not even any lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boo. Yep. I so like my Sheriff Romero, especially my Norma. Yep. So, so yeah, Bradley. No, not Bradley. Emma <clears throat> reveals that. Bradley has apparently committed suicide and Norman is okay with it. <laughs> Seems barely faced. <laughs> Did you notice how he like patted, he like checked to see that that note 
from her was in his pocket? No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as Emma, like, laid down the newspaper and told him how they found, like, a suicide note, he kind of fumbles with his breast pocket of his grandpa oh, shirt. Oh, I did. And I'm guessing... And I forgot. I'm guessing that little note from Bradley was in there, like... I don't know. I think I did clue into that the first time I watched it, but just kind of left my head. Yeah. So, interesting little politics. Norma doesn't get the part. <laughs> yeah, Norman doesn't. Yeah, Norma doesn't get the part. So, boo, we're not going to see Norma in South Pacific. I was looking forward to that, but then I kind of, it Same. seemed like it'd be strange at the same time. I was just hoping for I like thought, a, how are they gonna... just a little scene of a really bad community production. <laughs> of, <laughs> we still might get that, and I'm we guessing might just... um, Libby has got to be the HMS Pintafor woman. I'm guessing that's her. Got to be. I'm absolutely. Guessing. Yep. And so I, we might because Norman's going to stay on the set. So exactly. So so yeah. So Norma. Drives up and checks, and she didn't get the part. And then the director walks out and is happy to see her. And she's like, I quit because I didn't give you the part. (laughs) (laughs) And then tells Norma she wants to buy her a drink. (laughs) And I really like this director. (laughs) Yeah, I am loving this. Loving it. Um, yeah, and you know, you see her house and her party, and they're all like rich and modern. And I just thought, this is a lady. I don't know. I just liked her, and I liked them, and I just, I, it's like totally different. Maybe I might be wrong, but it felt totally different than Bradley's mom, who just seems to me to be the rich, boozy pill popper. Well. <clears throat> to me, this this group of people that Christina, I think is her name. I just thought it was Christine. Is it Christine? Okay. It just seems to be a different class of people to me. Like yeah. they don't care about the gossip. Yeah, they. I they. I liked them. I liked them too, and I I really like Norma. Getting with I really like Christine. I, I like the scene because after, you know, she comes out and says, well, she quit because Norma didn't get the part. And, you know, and she's like, takes a Sharpie and like crosses. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, and I'd rather put red hot pins in my eyes. I mean, she just seems right up Norma's alley. <laughs> yeah. And she's kind of bossy and kind of bosses Norma around, but kind of in a in good, a good way. way. Not a, Like yeah. when she invited her to the party, I noticed, um. That she, and I don't know, we can just go through all the Norma Christine stuff now. Okay. We're not going to really do scene by scene. Um, so when when she asked her to the party, I thought it was interesting that she was like, um, she totally acted... So Norma totally does the same thing she always does. Oh, there's a lot going on. We're busy. And she's like, you're coming. And Norma's like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Norma's like, I am? (laughs) Okay. But she totally was like, 
it worked on her. And I just thought that was interesting because it works. And I, I, I really like seeing Norma have a girlfriend like this. Yeah. And she's, she's a force to be reckoned with and Norma is too. So they both are, but they both are. They're forces to be reckoned with. And I, cause I really liked what Christine says to her when they do go get drinks right after Norma sees that she doesn't get the part. She's like, cause you know, she's like, so how are you liking it in white pine Bay? And Norma's like, Oh, it's okay. But you know, this weird thing happened. And Christine's like, Oh yeah. That deputy got shot, you know? And Norma's like, yeah, people think seem to think that I had something to do with it. And she's like, those are just the dumbasses. You know, right? She's like, don't listen to that. Like, don't listen to them. Those, those aren't the people you need to know. You know, so she's like referring to that that stupid manager at that restaurant and stuff. Right. Yeah. She's like, there's a whole another group of people that don't give a shit about that. Yeah, they they have more important things to do. They may live in that town maybe because it's nice, but they seem to, and they were interesting. They were very modern and. Everything else is like there was no timelessness about them. Did you notice that? No, not at all. Not at all. And, and Norma I, I, walks in with her all of her timelessness glory, and she stuck out in an awesome way. In an awesome way, yeah. But it was also nice that this Christine tells Norma, you know, that um, you went through something terrible and you came out, you dealt with it so bravely. You know, that's just what Norma had to hear. Mm hmm. Like, this woman gets her. Yeah. And, I don't know. I just, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And when Norma gets to the party, she just seems so awkward at first. You know? Yeah. Oh, she looked great, though. I, I oh. have got to give a shout-out to Vera Formiga. She looked gorgeous this entire episode. I couldn't take my eyes off of her as a straight woman. I couldn't either, and... One of the little things I've kind of had a hard time with this season is her new haircut because I really liked her hair in the last episode or or in the last season. Uh-huh. But her shorter hair, like in this episode, it worked. Yeah, with the scarves and the headbands, I just love it. Yep, I love it. And I don't know, I just I like I like the fa- I like the idea of Norma having a girlfriend like this because we know she comes from like an abused past Uh and a lot of times those women who are in abusive relationships they they don't have friends because they're so alienated in their own little world well yeah and she I think she's been that way a long time she's probably been that way most of her adult life but she's she needed someone strong that yes she needs someone strong like daughter yeah you're right you know and so i i really like this dynamic between the two of them i think i think christine's gonna be really good and then i think christine's gonna probably find a a terrible end (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i don't expect it to last real long i don't either it's not gonna be good i don't either (laughs) (laughs) but for now yay sunshine and rainbows (laughs) it is because i think it's a whole new world that norma has no idea that she could be a part of yes yes you know just and you know you can i think her motivations a lot of her motivations is to set her brother up 
Um, I think she, I think she generally likes Norma. That's why she wants to set her brother up. But I think it might be a bigger deal. Her getting Norma together with him. Mm -hmm. You know, they both blew it off this episode, but we, um, kind of know that he is her love interest. That's kind of been set up now. I think we've talked about it in the spoiler sections, but. Yeah, we do know that, yeah, Christine's brother does become, he and Norma, from what we understand, have more than just a little talk out on the dock like they were. Yeah, where, that was interesting. (laughs) I just, like, was laughing at her. She's like, date? I wouldn't even know how to. I thought, hello, what are you playing at? (laughs) what was that (laughs) but you know it's interesting she seems I I reflected because of all that I kind of reflected a little on her character and just thought about how she has never had good relationships Um, we know why and we don't blame her but she seems I don't know if sex as a weapon is the right way, but it's more like she uses sex to get something out of, you know, it's, she used Shelby because of the murder and he was a cop, you know, she had formulated that right relationship. So there could be some truth that, you know, we can't count Shelby or any, you know, Dylan has alluded to, Dylan had her as the whore in his film. Right. He's alluded to other many, many such relationships. And so has Norman. I mean, yeah. when she was getting ready for that log sawing festival thing in the first season, he's like, you don't need to do this. You, you got the idea she had done that before. Yes, and it's all just to get something she wants or needs. Right. So it's probably never been about love or about just a good, healthy, I can guarantee it's never been about a good, healthy relationship. Right. And so in this circumstance at this party, she's just a pretty girl, new in town. She doesn't have to use her, you know. This guy is not a means to help her cause. Right. Although Nick might be. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Nick Ford. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I thought they were cute together. The I thought they were cute and... together. I thought I, I really loved the scene when Norma is introduced to, you know, there's, I don't know, what, five or six people. Yeah. <laughs> and she tells that Grand Canyon, you know, photo story, like, you know, most people who fall into the Grand Canyon are taking those pictures like, I'm about to fall in the Grand Canyon. Okay, <laughs> so seriously, I thought she was going to be met with, like, aghast stares. <laughs> I did, too. After she did that, and I was so surprised that it, like, worked. And they were all like, oh, she's great. Yep, the joke worked on them, and it was just so cute. It was. I just loved seeing Norma in, like, just a, a regular situation. Just... Yeah. Not a murder, not a rape, not a weird. There was no weirdness about it. Yeah, and she just seemed to just captivate them all. And yeah, like I said, I was so surprised. I really expected just that 
Uh, you know, because I didn't know these people yet, and now I think because of that is why I have such warm fuzzies about them. I think they're a good group of people. I might Same. be wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. But, but it yeah, seemed like, it seemed like Norma was kind of surprised too, because she really did seem to me at first when she got to the party, she seemed kind of awkward to me because she kind of approached the front of the house. And then kind of turned a little bit, like she didn't know how to go in. Mm -hmm. And then another couple happened to walk in. So she walked in behind them. Like, Uh like she was like, I don't know how to make my entrance. You know, I'm not used to this. But boy, she, but as soon as she, all that dress is like, I'm so happy you're here. You know, I mean, she just seems very awkward in, in this kind of, circumstance but she made it work (laughs) i exactly if if you're new to that kind of thing it's it's always awkward to get to know new people you You walk into a party where you just know the host and she had just invited you that was it that afternoon or tomorrow yeah Yeah, that morning yeah yeah so i don't know i enjoyed it I, i thought her dress is great i loved her pink scarf i She's beautiful. She is, and just, yeah, she looked great. Yep. Loved it. So, okay, so we're on board with the Norma and Christina, or Christine, relationship. <laughs> yes, I am excited and a little trepidatious to see yes. <laughs> You can never just be excited. You must add trepidation to yeah. <laughs> There must always be a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you like it a lot. These are the baits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> these aren't. <laughs> these aren't the Huxtables. <laughs> no. It's the baits. <laughs> so, stuff's gonna happen. Um. Okay. So we got. <laughs> so we got part of that done I, um, should we might let we might as well just talk about Ford because that's the end of the party and there's nothing I think okay prevent us from working discussing right. it okay so at the end of the party Norma's like I mean they've even got valet parking at this party that's yeah wow although you know that seems pretty common for a well-to-do just because it's a house. You don't have convenient parking usually. You don't have a parking lot. It's not Utah where there's a field next to your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're probably having to park a little ways away, you know, and right. permits and whatever. So, yeah. So it made sense to me. Okay. Um. Anyway, so he is giving her a very creepy stare to me. <laughs> well, in, even the music changes. Yeah. Because I heard the music first, and then it kind of focused in, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so it's he, he gets smiling eyes. Yeah, it's what Miss Watson's dad. So he so. was creepy, but the second he started talking, he had smiley eyes. He did, because he was like, he said something to he's like, Norma Bates. Norma Bates. <laughs> she turns around, and he's like, I hear you, you know, caused quite a ruckus at the city council meeting, and 
And she was like, you were there? And he's like, no, but I heard about it. <laughs> you, you gotta know, Norman, every, Norma, every single person in the town has heard about that. <laughs> and then, you know, she says, so are you against the bypass? And he says, yes. Uh huh. And so she says, so why weren't you there? And he kind of explains that small town politics. You've got to get along with everyone in the playground. Right. So why is he against the bypass? Do you think this new bypass like runs through his pot field? It could. It could bring cars just even just closer to it. I just wondered if maybe the new bypass somehow, I don't know, like um, had something to do with his pot field. Like it, sure, it makes sense. You know, he basically tells her, you know, he can't go to the council meetings because he doesn't get along with everyone. And then his car, it, the valets bring his car. He gets in and he goes to leave and Norma chases after him. And and she's like, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Because you're the only other person I know against this. And he hands her his business card and drives away. I just got like a sinking feeling the whole time that they were talking. I'm like, this cannot turn out good. Yeah, I think this was my crackpot theory. It's definitely a theory. I can't remember if I thought, hmm, that's pretty crackpot. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, I could see, and I didn't get as much a sinking feeling. I saw her being his puppet. So it just seemed like a very mutually beneficial relationship that he's going to feed her everything. And since it's okay for her to be out, he can get his agenda taken care of by using her as his puppet. Oh. But it could still be, you know, mutually, a, not a puppet in a real bad way, you know what I mean? But Right. He can be the mastermind behind her being able to solve her agenda, which, as we know, if they follow the canon of Psycho, the bypass happens anyway. Well, I think every politician has that person. You You do have to have that person that's that's feeding you. Yeah. That's doing, that knows more than you do. And that's, you know, giving you the agenda. I mean, look yeah. at, I mean, George Bush had like Rumsfeld and Carl Rove. <laughs> <laughs> so does that make Norma Rumsfeld? No, she'd be not Bush. Make Norma George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nick is, Carl Rove <laughs> or Rumsfeld. Not okay, to get political. That's, that's interesting. But, um, um, so anyway, it just seemed like this very, could be perfect for both of them. And so that's so where perfect, I went. Not so perfect because he's from the different drug camp than what her son works for. Uh, so there's a, you know, there's a tension there. And her son very possibly killed his daughter. Well, I, I was talking Dylan. I know, but that's another one that her son possibly killed his daughter. Killed his daughter. <laughs> that's right. And then there's Norman. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget this that he's definitely the prime suspect here. She has no idea, no idea that that's her dad, right? No, there's no way she knows. Yeah. No way. So interesting. She's got a different last name and everything. Yeah, so I'm thinking they could get thick as thieves here and help each other out where he they can both get what they want. And right. then there's trouble. 
I think it's just treble. They're just they they played treble music, and I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> the music just it made me believe this is not a good this is not a good acquaintance. Yeah, the music. But I find it for me, very I guess. intriguing. But yeah, it is very intriguing. That's good stuff. Good it stuff. is. It is. And Harold mentions. I mean, do you think? Do you think at this point, um, Nick Ford, I think that's his name, does he already know that Norma is the mom of Dylan and the mom of Norman who has taken his pictures? Do you think he's that smart? Yeah. Okay. That's just of my opinion. I think he knows all. Well, I don't think he knows Norman is a suspect in his daughter's murder. Right. But I think he knows exactly who she is and exactly who she's related to. And who her two sons are and who... Yeah. Okay. That's I'm, just my guess. I'm on board. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> it's, Let's it's... talk about Caleb. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so an early scene. Um, so Caleb shows up at the motel and talks to Dylan about where Norma is. And that's where Dylan finds out that that's his uncle. <laughs> yeah. So Dylan is properly standoffish until... I loved the way Dylan dealt with him. Yeah, it was good. And I, I just I just loved how finally when Caleb's like, well, I'm her brother, you know, and he's like, she never mentioned she had a brother. And Dylan's like, well, no, Dylan says Norma doesn't have a brother. And he's like, are you sure? No. <laughs> like, Dylan's finally realizing Huh. No, nope, I'm yeah, not sure nope. she didn't have a brother. Nope. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yep. I just loved Dylan's attitude towards him. That was he's looking out for his mom. Yeah. You know, some weird guy shows up asking about your mom. You should look out for her. Absolutely. But um at this point, is this when he lets him in? Mm-hmm. And then Norma comes home and <laughs> Caleb oh, totally got norma Oh, I loved it. I just it loved so how she just like threw the bag of groceries. I know. Grabbed him <laughs> and like walked him out the front door. <laughs> it was like she was cool to cucumber and then all of a sudden the groceries go. <laughs> they just get shocked. <laughs> And just the way she yells. She manhandled him. She get, she did. She totally manhandled him. And then just, gow! And, you know, just the way she yelled, get out of my house, was just so authentic to me. I mean. Yeah, it was Norma. It, that's, I wrote down. He got norma <laughs> perfect <laughs> well and i think dylan got it he knows something is up between the two of them yeah now does he approach her he approaches her get trying to find a dress for the party and i totally love the choice over the other one she was trying on or yes examining good choice normal um did that happen before or after he meets with them again before okay because he's Okay, so he doesn't meet with him, and she just acts all nonchalant. Oh, we don't have anything to talk about. What do you... Yeah. Right. 
she's typical Norma. Like, what are you talking about? There's nothing between me and my brother. <laughs> oh, that thing you saw down there? No. <laughs> well, and I just, what I found really interesting about that scene is how much Dylan just seems so interested now in Norma and her motivations. Yeah. Like, because he even told her, he goes, you might not want to talk, but I think I do. You know, I need to know, you know, why, why did that happen? What, what, what's going on between you two? Well, okay. So I forgot to say this back when he first meets him and the second he sees Caleb, I went, oh, because we had talked about that Dylan knew his dad. And so I was like, oh, well, dang it, Caleb, <laughs> you know, Caleb must not be his father then. And then the second, that first meeting, the first few lines, and he didn't know who he was, I was like, oh, he's his dad. Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. I called it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so crazy even thinking that was a theory because I thought Dylan knew who his dad was. Yeah, I don't know what I when you said something about that like last episode or the episode before, I was like, "What? He did? He does?" I was like, "Oh," and it kind of rang a bell, but I don't know. Well, because there's that episode in season 1 where he tells Norma, he's like, "Well, you started cheating on my dad with Sam." So he, she must have gotten married right Dylan away. had a dad. Okay, so she got pregnant and met some guy. That's and, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because Unless, like, he, he had also told Weepy <clears throat> when they had that little campfire discussion when Weepy, Weepy is what we call Ethan, the Asian guy that got shot. When they have that little discussion where Weepy's, like, asking... Dylan all those questions about his family and Dylan doesn't really have answers he asked about his dad and Dylan's like eh, I don't really talk to my dad much anymore so Dylan had a dad there was someone that was Dylan's dad yeah I think you're right and I hope I'm thinking <clears throat> I mean all we got was the big reveal so I'm thinking next episode we're gonna get um maybe a little explanation on who raised him and how all that went about. <laughs> yeah, someone raised him because Norma cheated on that guy. Okay. And that's what's made Dylan so mad at her for so long. Yeah, she might have cheated several times. <laughs> True. But that's why when I, when that little, like, oh my gosh, his, you know, is Norma's brother Dylan's dad, I immediately dismissed it because I was like, no, 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 because Dylan knows his dad. Yep. And then the second, the second that he, uh, didn't know who that guy was. Then we knew it was her brother, and he didn't know. I said, "Oh, yeah." But well, Daddy. But yep. So. So yeah. So he confronts Norma. She totally shuts him out, and I mean that literally. <laughs> <laughs> um. She finally just closes the door on her face. You go. You know, Norman needs a ride to a party. And. And so, and then, the next time we see those two, they meet in town. You know, the Dylan's, Caleb's like, yeah, I just stuck around. My flight doesn't leave yet. So, 
Then he gets all fishy. <laughs> yep. And Norman, yeah, Dylan, from the get-go, once he found out he was an uncle, it's like Dylan is starving for a father figure. He totally is. I and think that he's is starving. what this was about, this whole episode with Dylan. Yes, absolutely. I think he's starving <laughs> for any kind of, where do I come from? Yes. Who, you know, he seemed to just, like, eat up every little thing that Caleb had to say about his grandma and grandpa, you know? Uh-huh. He's like, Franny, Granny. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Because, I mean, if you don't know, if wouldn't that be weird to not know anything? Yeah. Yeah, to have this closed-off woman that either tell lies or doesn't say anything, won't talk about it. Yeah. And there's a big air of mystery about it. Being raised by that would be... It'd be so weird, because, I mean, we were raised in a family where we know... (laughs) (laughs) We we know who our great-great-great-great-great-grandparents were. You know their names and where they came from. (laughs) We've been to the grave sites. (laughs) Mostly against our will. This is like a two-hour drive out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, our our mother and other relatives have done, like, genealogy to ugh, forever, you know. Yes. We, we have know our exactly roots. where we come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it's, and I, you know, you can't blame Dylan. I blame him a little, but... <laughs> And then we'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> I can't blame him. Just the fishing and everything. You just kind of see, oh, he's just drooling for this little connection. Any kind of connection, you know, where he's like, yeah, my dad tied flies. And Dylan's like, oh, I've always wanted to know how to, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, I've got a box of them with me. Golly oh, gee, don't. let's go to the fishing hole. <laughs> let's go stand in a river, Opie. Dylan's got these little stars in his eyes. Yes. He does. Yes. Oh, Caleb is the worst. Okay. So, he can't go fishing, which is probably good for Caleb. Because that. Yeah. So, next time, looks like they meet for dinner or something. Right, because Dylan says, well, I'm busy today because he's busy digging graves. (laughs) (laughs) He is busy, yes. (laughs) He's got a couple bodies to hide. Um, But he says, we can, maybe we can do dinner tonight. And so they go to dinner. And they're at like a bar for dinner. And here... Very, Caleb says something so interesting to me. The stuff she did tell me, well, I'm never sure what was true. You know, Norma Louise, I remember, would get close. And I should get closer, and you'd be as close as two people could possibly be. And suddenly you'd be out. Okay, so here, here is the thing. I feel like one possibility here a strong possibility is that 
you know, we can't trust Norma. We really can't. Right. I feel like she's been telling the truth, but then you hear something like that, and he could just be the biggest scumbag in the world. But he, it's interesting that he comes and seems surprised at how mad she is at him. And it's it's like he's almost not ashamed. Like, that's because he's a scumbag and he doesn't understand that what he did was wrong. Ooh, okay. Well, I am on Norma's side 100% on okay, this. Okay, well, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate that she was into him incestuously. What? <laughs> that, you know, the way he said, you'd be close, then she'd get closer, then you'd be as close as two people could possibly be, you, then you'd be out. And he kind of said it like, then she, she turned on me. Well, because this all started when she was like 12 or 13 years old. I know. So just, maybe you know, it just. Something to just think she about. She had crappy parents. And, and we find out that she was, uh, mom was kind of what we said. Maybe not quite as bad. Maybe just kind of. uh Depressed right. in her bed all day stuff right. instead of total. And and dad was violent. So maybe she did get close to her brother and he's the one that took it too close. I think he is so up in the air on what their relationship was. He, to me, doesn't seem to understand it was completely inappropriate. Because one thing that he says to Dylan that I thought was interesting was when they met out on the sidewalk and he says something like, oh, you know families that it happens like 20 years ago or so long ago and it's like it happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> it's because you raped her. <laughs> That's not going that away. It doesn't go away. I mean, I take it as he he doesn't understand how effed up it is what he did. Well, and I didn't even consider that he couldn't not understand that. And for some reason, he's, like, blaming it on her. Like, yeah, she got close to him because that was her brother and these were her parents. Right. And then he turned on her, too. Although the way she gets close to Norma, you, Norman, you could... Uh... Because that's all she knows yeah. now. Because of him. You know? that's That's the way I see it. Yeah, there I do too. But there's just some little things, and that's where there I are. And there, it, it just could, I it wonder could all end up that they could twist it around. They could twist it around that you know. But I don't know. For now, I I still see him as the predator, and her as the victim. Yeah, and I do too. Ninety-five percent of me does. But there's just some little things that I'm. I agree. I agree. There is that ear. There is that little tiny percent that's just like she might be completely making all this up, or you know. But I, I just. But then, he comes out with this story about this Costa Rica thing, and okay, really, Dylan? Seriously? Guess what? Guess what, Dylan? Are you listening? I'm a prince who just died, and I want to give all my money to you. Hello, I am from Nairobi, and... <laughs> okay, all you got to do, Dylan, is send me $10,000 to get the money out of this bank account. That I can, if you send me money, 
<laughs> oh, he's got like a gambling problem or something. Yes. That's that's the way. Absolutely I is. He may there live is. in Costa Rica, but oh, I doubt it. He probably yeah. lives on the streets of Reno or something. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> The worst hole you would think of. He lives in Sparks. <laughs> I was gonna say we need to pick like Sparks just outside of Reno that's even dumpier. Needles. <laughs> we apologize to everyone in that area. We'd be listening. <laughs> no, this Costa Rica thing, bull crap. Yeah, it's. It, I could not believe Dylan fell for it. But then you just think, oh, that poor guy. He just wants it so bad. Well, it's like you said, he has stars in his eyes. Uh-huh. You know, he just, he just wants some sort of connection. You know, and he That's doesn't. Sad. He doesn't get connection from Norma or Norman. You know, he kind of does now. But here's this other person. How interesting would that be? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Norma and Norman are very hard to, like, break that little, you know, you can't get in there. They live in Normandia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're not getting in. You are not getting in. And so that's lonely. And, yeah, Yeah. I really, Dylan gives me the feels in this episode. I really, oh, man, the end. Well, even especially... And we can get into this, but I just, I want to say one more thing about Caleb where I think he's just a creep, 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 creep. Okay. Is when he is talking to Dylan about their childhood and he calls Norma a pretty little kitten. <gasps> I didn't hear that. I watched it twice. Yep. Oh, he's y- like, yuck. She was such a pretty little kitten. And I couldn't oh. save her. And I was just like, oh, pretty little kitten? Oh, oh that nasty. just. Oh, that just. That's. When he said that, that's when I was like, you know what? She's telling the truth. This guy is effed up. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Who calls their little sister okay. a pretty little kitten? That line just closed my possibilities down to like one yeah, percent, like most. 90, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. It grossed me out so bad when he said that. I was just like, "No brother calls their little sister that. That is gross." So yeah. at this point, since it relates to the threads we've been going, do we talk about the end scene, or should we save the end scene for the end? Let's save the end scene for the end. Because I think one thing about Dylan at this point is how scared he is for his own life. And I think running away with an uncle to Costa Rica Ah. probably sounds like about the only way he can get out of the current situation he's in. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. You know. And he's like, he's a pos, you know, in his eyes, he's this really cool uncle that lives in Costa Rica. <laughs> and exactly. he, yeah, he can just take him away. And he's a, he's a, he's in over his head. 
Dylan is totally in over his head, and he seems upset about it from the beginning because right. there's a very early scene. It's where um, they're burying the bodies. It's where no, it's where they find Paco and Tony to begin with. They uh-huh. they go up to the drug camp to relieve, you know, the other two guys. And they get, I don't know, a few yards away, and there's like vultures. I thought they were just crows, and I was going to mention that. I'm like, are crow are crow scavengers? Because it made it seem really ominous, like they knew exactly what they were going to find. Although the flies too, but there was flies and there was like death birds. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. so the crows were crows, buzzards, vultures. Okay, it, the birds meant death. <laughs> I knew that, but I didn't see a vulture, so I thought, are crows? They didn't look. But I was just like, maybe that's a certain species of vulture, maybe. Hmm. I mean, they weren't like the big-ass vulture that you would think of, but I don't know. I think there's lots of birds that kind of do that. Maybe buzzard is the most common word for it. Are they all just buzzards? Is that what you call them? I thought buzzards was just another word for vulture, but I I don't know. Oh, is it? I don't know. Maybe we should ask Norman. (laughs) For some reason, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Are these the sophisticated birds? <laughs> <laughs> he seems to like birds, or at least he. <laughs> you must know a lot about him. No. <laughs> but yeah, but Remo and, and Dylan walk up to do their shift and see these birds, and right away they get like a bad, they know something's up. Right, so they find that, and then... Here comes old Zane. And. Well, one thing about the the deaths of the two dudes is they were ambushed. I mean, they were still in the tent. Yeah, I thought about that. I wondered how the people came at them because they were just absolutely not on alert at all. No, because they were, they were both dead in the tent. So that was like a full-on ambush right where maybe those two aren't as alert as like maybe remo and dylan would be although they're the ones that came across that scared scared dylan, skill, right? dylan in the first yeah so i mean i think in dylan's mind he's like that could have been me you right know? oh yeah that totally could have been me it was it was an ambush it wasn't you know those guys weren't picked out specifically it was kill whoever's in that tent. I don't yeah. know. So Dylan is—he just wants out. And what sucks about Dylan's situation, which I thought about at the very end of the episode, I didn't think about it through the whole thing, is that he knows that this war is all crap. It's all for naught, exactly. Because Bradley's the one that killed Gil. Right. So he's—he's he's got that too. Where does he take that information? You know. Hmm. His hands are tied there, and it's so important. I Although, think, I don't know if it would make a difference to Zane at this point. I don't think it'll make a difference to Zane at this point, but it might make a difference to Nick. To Nick and to whoever Zane works for. Wait, his, Zane works for Nick. <laughs> right? No, Zane works Zane's for, the other one. Zane works for his brother. Okay. Nick's from the other camp. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
So So whoever Zane works for it could make a difference to him. It might make a difference to them. But already now a bunch of people have died. But yeah, so Zane pulls up. And I found it interesting how he asked Dylan how what he would do. Yeah, I found that interesting too, and I love um, I love what he says. I wrote it down. He says, you just win until you lose again. Yep. Exactly. That was awesome. I loved what Dylan said. Dylan's like, I wouldn't do anything. I would just... Trim the best pot I can trim. <laughs> try to make the best product we can. Uh-huh. You know? And Zane's like, interesting. However, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get 10 to 12 of them <laughs> together and kill them. Fuck. <sighs> oh. He bad is news. so reckless. He's he horrible. Bad news. I mean, seriously, is he really? I don't know. I I really think that Zane. I think Zane knows he's in over his head. Uh huh. Because he like deliberately asked Dylan, "What would you do? You know, why? If you're a manager, why would you ask someone lower than you? What would you do? I mean, maybe just to. I thought he said it just to test him to see what he'd say to see if he's on his side, and he wasn't. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You're not right. that he would be just not see if he's on the side because now he's going to kill him. It was just more like, I want to see where your head's at because this is where mine's at. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Dylan's head was way better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Zay's like, oh, well, that's nice that you think that, but here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> they think that. You know, two of our guys is worth one of theirs. Well, maybe then, maybe 10 or 12 of their guys is worth two of ours. It's just like, oh my gosh, this yeah. guy is horrible. That, I don't know. That It seems very reckless. It seems reckless for this situation. And, like, I, I don't feel like the mob bosses would be doing this. Oh, heck no. If, if Satan ran this idea by them, they'd be like, uh, no. Right. You know. <laughs> no. No way. Because that's just, no. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> it's such a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. bad. And that's why I don't blame Dylan for, like, Costa Rica sounds really nice. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my uncle. I'm gonna and go with my uncle, daddy, and run this uh, <laughs> resort that's way too good to be true. That I swear I've even heard that scenario in it's one like, of those fake emails. <laughs> I, I've got hotel experience. <laughs> I can be here when the carpet guy shows up. No, not to discount. I'm sure Dylan does many things for the hotel. Yeah. So, so yeah, did we mention that um, Dylan gives his uncle $11,500? Right, I guess we should mention that. With a promise that, it, you know, in a day or two, it could be fifteen. It could even be more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, Dylan has more money than he knows what to do with, obviously. Obviously, and he's just hook, line, and sinker into this Costa Rica thing, which, I don't know. I just have a feeling that Caleb has, like, a gambling problem or something, or he owes money to someone who's going to hurt him. 
Right, and he's... I don't know how he can do it for a long con. He might just try and get as much as he can out of him. Exactly. I don't think it's a long just con. Just short turn and no, it's hit a, the road. Yep. Exactly. But... So, so yeah. So, um... Um... So then there's the beach party. Yeah, let's uh well let's start with the first time he sees Cody this episode when he goes to the uh play to let them know he's not gonna be doing it. Oh, it's even better. Norman <laughs> <laughs> So it's after Norma has kicked Caleb out of the house. In the very beginning of yes, the episode. Yes, so then she's vacuuming. And then she's vacuuming. And Norman walks up in his shorts and grandpa shirt. And he's like, Mother, did we get parts in the play? What's going on with the play, Mother? And she's like, You got a part in the chorus. chorus. You want to be in the chorus? I just loved it. That guy so, really didn't want to do it in the first place. <laughs> so he finds out that Norman Norma did not get the part. And since the play, she didn't get a part, all of a sudden, theater is totally it's, stupid. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> you're right, Norman. Theater's stupid. <laughs> so Norman goes down to the uh, playhouse and to quit... And he runs into Cody, who's the girl, the checkout girl from the grocery store. Yes. Um, okay. She, just this whole introduction to her now, where she's actually talking and kind of in her element. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was just so, I first, you know, when we first saw her, I thought she was just kind of like going to be this emo chick. But she was so uninterestingly quirky. Yeah. She was way too rebel without a cause, but, like, not in the good James Dean way. Just a total rebel without a cause. She was. Can can we pause for a sec while I let Betty out? He's, yeah. Okay, sorry. This will just take a sec. Okay, sorry. Yep. All right. Benny can stay outside till we're done. <laughs> okay, so you were saying that she was rebel without a cause? Yeah, she, yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> it It went on, you know, my opinion, that opinion was perpetrated through the every time we saw her, but um, I agree. Just the whole like, oh, join the we're so cool backstage in the <laughs> design. You know, we get ripped, you drink beers with, the, I don't know if she says that, but <laughs> with the guys out back, you know, just. No, she did. She, yeah, she wasn't as charming no. <laughs> this time <laughs> at all. <laughs> I agree. Aren't um, I just rebellious and quirky? Yeah, yeah, because she was like, well, I mean, she mentions, she's like, so how did the hair dye go? Because, you know, your mom's blonde. So obviously she was there at the 
auditions then? Yeah, she must have been there. We Had just to have been because she heard it because she knew she was awesome and she could have gotten the part. Right. And, you know, Norman explains, you know, well, I, you know, I come down here to quit. And she's like, oh, you're quitting? Quitter? You know, I don't know. She just, she, she bugged me in that scene. Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. And she's like, you should join tech because, you know, you, you build stuff, you paint stuff, you get ripped, you drink beer in the back and it's summertime and what else is there to do? I was like, I don't know. You're a teenager. Lots. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you make an art out of nothing to do. <laughs> I know. You don't like, need to. What do you, you mean? work on the local play. <laughs> join, when it was summertime for me, joining like the community theater um, <laughs> was not my idea. <laughs> something to do. <laughs> not at all. And we grew up in a small town like that. Absolutely. Which I think had a community theater. <laughs> yeah, and I, I attended. I was in one of them, too. <laughs> Sue and I had different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a few different experiences growing up. Which one were you in? I was in Little Abner. <laughs> <laughs> And I said that way contra- <laughs> confrontationally. <laughs> oh, okay. That was about in middle school. Because uh, I, I remember, it, no, it must have been junior high. Because the guy that played Little Abner was in high school and he, like, talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him being like, I was just thinking about you. And I'm like, he thought about me? <laughs> I'm in love with him. <laughs> I wasn't, but I was just surprised. I was like, that guy, he was actually thinking, why was he thinking about me? Wow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I still don't know why. Anyway, How funny. I don't remember who he was. Um, I was probably already had my own apartment by then. Oh, yeah. You had moved out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got no memory of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, she... She talks Norman into, like, joining tech, and I love how when Norman goes to talk to Norma about it, he basically says the same thing. I love that so much. (laughs) He's like... You know, I can build things and get in shape. He doesn't say get ripped. <laughs> he did it in as, as Normany language as he could, reciting what she said. Reciting exactly what she said. Oh, I love that. Which but... just makes me think. I mean, because he like basically said exactly what she said, just kind of in his own words. I don't know. He just... Strong women just take over Norman's mind. Why? <laughs> that comes from my stars. Because <laughs> I just thought that was so funny that he did that. But yeah. So. So yeah, Norman's not going to be a chorus boy. He's going to be part of the tech. 
and then he goes to the uh, to the beach for the memorial. Well, we missed that whole right, part. So Emma comes in and with a little flyer that she's organized. Right, that she's organizing a memorial for Bradley at the beach, and. Yeah, she's got all these little flyers, and they think it's all nice. And and did you yeah. notice Emma looked more like she kind of had the '40s dress that you have never. She was dressed differently than normal, and it was almost like she's more into the Bates uh, little world, you know. I did not notice that she was totally in like a little '40s dress. It was. Um, cut that way and then she had this little florally sweater on over it and she's um, never dressed that way huh. she was always all frumpy remember I talked about it a lot last season well we talked about how frumpy she was last season but in this season she's she's changed she's changed a little bit but I don't know this time she was in she kind of dressed Norma-ish huh. it was the first time she dressed to where I was like oh look at her she's joined the club of timelessness. Oh, interesting. I'll have to I'll have to go back and look at that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, so so Emma is throwing a beach party. Not party. Beach party bingo <laughs> for, for Bradley. <laughs> That's what actually happens, but <laughs> she's trying to keep it very uh very memorialish. But. Well, Emma just seems so much more upset about this than... Right. She's working through stuff. She is. She is. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. Right. What my thoughts are on that. That it's just her own thoughts on her own mortality. Yeah. And, that and I'm thinking it's that. Plus, my thoughts were that it was working through some guilt about her feelings about Bradley this past six months or so. I think we're both right. I think it's, yeah. I think it's gotta be both. It's a lot to work through. It is a lot to work through, especially when, if you've had bad thoughts about someone and then they die or you think they've died, you know, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Cause that is pretty permanent. You can't, and that's going to raise guilt and whatever. It, it is. It is. And it does. You can't, you know, you can't go back and say, I'm sorry. You can't. Yeah. You know. And I think, you know, in ways you can talk yourself into that maybe you caused it, you know. Right. Maybe I wished it to be so. Exactly. Yep. And I think she's going through a little of that. I think she is. I think she is. I think Emma's having some, Yeah. Mortality issues, but, uh, so, so we're at the beach and like Norman comes up to the beach and Emma's there like staring at like a memorial for Bradley. And then all these people are around just like not paying attention to the, Memorial and it turned into a typical teenage party with beer by the beach kind of thing. Yeah. And Emma's upset about it. Emma's upset. And she says that at this point, 
Well, she says she says that she's a bad person because Bradley is dead and she still doesn't like her. Uh-huh. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Like she was thinking that I don't know, that this would make her like her? Or it should make her like her? Or she was pretending she liked her and it didn't work? That's well. what I was wondering cuz I thought I thought that Emma liked Bradley okay. I I don't know. Unless like these months that have passed since the dance. No, I think it's all based on Norman. Okay. And her feelings towards all that. Okay. Because, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird that she said that because I was like, I thought Emma kind of liked her. But. I think she did, but. You know how that, how are you going to like the girl after everything that she right. through with Norman? That's true. That's you, true. It, you know, girls are not wired that way. <laughs> I think at first, and she did say something. You can't. She tells Norma, at, you know, kind of at the beginning of all this, that you can't even hate her because she's nice. You know. Exactly. That's that's. But I think she moves past that. Okay, so she must move past that. Past that's the what prom, I was thinking or, about. It's like, because she tells Norma, you know, she's like, she's in that one scene when when they go to see Bradley at the yoga class. Yeah. You know, she says, like, you can't even hate her. You can't even hate her. she's nice. But I think she moves past that, I'm guessing, from the dance on. From the dance on. And that was, months, that was bad for her. That was really awful. Yeah. And yeah. then just, I don't know, we've been through it before, but yeah, I think that changed things and that made her think less charitably towards her. And she's probably right. had some pretty dang dark thoughts these past few months. Probably. Towards Bradley. Probably. Um, so then the next time we see Emma, she's had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> And she sees Gunner at the beach selling some weed to some of the people at the party. And hello, thank you, Emma, for giving Cupcake Boy a name for us. <laughs> and have we already been calling him Cupcake Boy? Unless we... No, we've just been calling him Gunner. Okay. So... She, she came up with our name for him. Yeah. Cupcake Boy. <laughs> like, I love that. For me. <laughs> And good grief, drunk Emma is as awesome and adorable as stoned Emma. Oh, she's so funny. I just love how she, like, makes him sit down with him, and she's like, let's make some bad choices. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Harold didn't talk more about this. He didn't touch on Emma too much, did he? No, he really didn't. And, you know, again, I just... I think her even saying that is just more of her, like, in touch with her own mortality. She's probably like, you know what? I don't have much longer on this earth. I deserve to make some bad choices. Yeah, and she seems, to me, she's let, I feel like she's kind of let some of her bad feelings about Norman go. I think with the death of Bradley. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe yep. she feels bad, and I think she, it feels, that little conversation they've had now, I feel like she's kind of let that go, and they can be friends now. I think so, too. I think they can actually be better friends. Yeah. 
she, uh, I think it's all been very cathartic to her to some degree. I think so. I think so. Because, yeah, so. And she, it was at a good timing because, you know, much, much to Tyler or Alex's chagrin that, <laughs> I think it was Alec, that uh, the timing was too convenient, but I think it was, it was great for her little psyche. She's kind of let, she's let Norman off the hook, kind of forgiven him, and there's Cupcake Boy. Hey, let's move on. And let's mm-hmm. do it now. Yep. Here's this cute boy. Because he is cute. He's a doll. And he seems like a nice guy. Right. I mean, because later at the night at the beach, Emma's even drunker. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like flirting with Gutter. And that's when she's like touching his hair. And she's like, you've got the best hair. It's, <laughs> it's so bushy funny. yet smooth. <laughs> It looks like she's kind of making a move on him, kind of shyly, and then all of a sudden she's like, you've got the best hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's a nice guy, and he goes, maybe we should go get something to eat. <laughs> you right. Know? And, uh, and then she's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, first he's like, I think I'll take you home. And... Right, right. So and she's you know, like, want to get something to eat? And that was the wrong thing to say to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you want to get something to eat first? So he's being a nice guy. He's like, okay, here's this drunk girl. She's really cute. She's flirting with me, but maybe I should just take her home. You know, mm-hmm. that's a good guy. Good guy. He's not trying to take advantage of her, you know. And then, yeah, because he's like, Maybe he I just mentions food. Maybe she <laughs> just maybe. stops. <laughs> she's like, and she gets sick, and he actually like kind of holds her hair back or touches yeah, her I back. I that. mean, no, I did. It was, it was, you know, yeah, I know you turned away and probably took your headphones off. <laughs> I did indeed, both those things, and I, Eleanor was sleeping next to me, and I just gave her kisses for a few minutes, or not oh. a minute, but a few seconds. I waited oh. the allotted time. I figured it'd be over with. <laughs> oh. I wish I had an Eleanor next to me to give kisses to during those times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um. so anyway, so um, so Emma and Gunner have their little throw up moment, and then it cuts to Norman just sitting like <laughs> this walk. Oh my goodness, was this just the best scene ever? <laughs> I loved it so much. At first, it was great because he's just like sitting there twiddling his thumbs while. He just kind of looks over. And they're, just, <laughs> they're just totally making out. And then the dude that Cody's making out with, just his hand just suddenly just like grabs Norman's leg. Yeah, which weirdly, my first thought was, oh my gosh, three-way with Norman? That's what I thought. Too. I thought they were both into the hand thing. And it was like, ooh, invite, you know, let's invite Norman in on this. <laughs> so you did too? I totally um, yeah. was not I absolutely gay. thought three-way at first. Huh, because I, I don't know. I thought, after I thought, oh, I'm an idiot. Of course he's gay. But I just, I hadn't even given it a thought. Nope, I thought three-way. I... I think because it seems an odd approach to me, and I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a gay man. It seems odd that you would make a move on a guy while you're kissing a girl in front of him. 
Well, it just seems odd to me that a gay man is just making out. Is making out with a girl. They might be a little confused. I don't Unless know. it's a teenager like this yeah. is. I mean, I guess the gay men I know and I'm friends with are much older and they are not attracted to women. <laughs> 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 so I just don't see that happening. Um, but I guess if you're like a I don't know, teenager, early 20s. I don't know. And there's just also just people that age are just different. Yeah, than... and he's probably, you know, he's probably gay, gay, but he's probably also just exploring his own sexuality. Just exploring, exactly. He's probably young enough still that it's like, I don't know, maybe I and, still like Yeah, girls. and maybe if you're gay at that point, or maybe, maybe he's bi, but maybe if you're gay at that point and you're a teenager, kissing's kissing, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. There also seemed to be a little bit of grinding going on, too, though. Mm. I mean, it, they they were kind of into it. Yeah, okay. You know, but... Um, He's getting something out of it. Well, and, it, you know, he could be bi. Yeah. I don't know, but she calls him gay. I don't know. We're not, we're not experts in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I, it, it struck me as very weird. <laughs> That's when he's making his move is while he's making out with a woman. To someone that he genuinely thought was gay, apparently. Yeah. They both, whatever, had decided he was gay for whatever reason. We've discussed it already a little bit. I would just like to give a shout out to um, Doug and Ricky, who are my gay friends that I know that listen to this. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, is it Doug? Doug that watched Eleanor with you? Uh huh. We're in Vegas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Doug. we're talking. They're like, I know Ricky's over sixty and Doug's like fifty something. So it's like, I don't hey, know. They might know better than us. <laughs> I'm sure they know better than us, but they there may be a different gay. Uh, yeah. It may be different for someone who's like 20 nowadays. I don't yeah, know. They might be like, these young people, I don't know. I know, they're like, these young gay up. guys. <laughs> 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 and, you know, sexuality is different for everybody, I guess. It really is. So, but anywho. Um, so, yeah, while this Philip guy is making out with Cody, he's like grabbing Norman's leg. <laughs> <laughs> Norman like takes it off and he gets insistent insistent that he's gotta leave and then Cody's like alright I'll go with you walk me home <laughs> I'm done here <laughs> <laughs> so Norman and Cody are walking home well the second time I watched um, I paid more attention cause like I said I was thinking three way the first time so the second time after I had seen the other scene, I noticed. Oh, I don't know his name. The guy, whoever, the boy. I think it's Philip. Philip. Okay. I noticed his face <laughs> when Norman stood up, and she like kind of gets up. He just looked kind of shocked and embarrassed and kind of mortified. I felt bad for him, but Norman gave him kind of a polite little smile as they were leaving. Well, he's such a nice guy. He's he is such a, a nice boy. Guy. Such a nice you know? boy. <laughs> 
He doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. He'll <laughs> kill you, but he doesn't want to hurt your feelings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's normal. That's true. That's true, because this episode, there was no Norma in Norman. He was all Norman. Yeah, and I liked that. That was fun. I did, too. Um, Especially the end scene. But, so they're walking, and he, we get the, oh, ha-ha, I thought you were gay. Which, <laughs> <laughs> I see Carrie's point. <laughs> I like how she's funny. like, you may need to rethink your whole <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You're Alec, because it's kind of confusing. And then he's like, well, you were just making out with a gay guy, so that's kind of confusing. <laughs> <laughs> he said something so cute, too. Well, you were making out with him? God, Norman. Like, you've never been to a party before? Besides, aren't you? Alright, what? Gay? No. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gay. Well, I just thought you were, and then we saw you there, and Philip thought you were cute, so... Well, I'm sorry. It will fit. <laughs> but, uh, no. No, I'm I'm not gay. Okay, fine. We're Philip. It was very quick-witted for a teenage boy that just got accused of being gay by the girl he seems kind of <laughs> to like a little bit. Yep. I, I, I like this whole scene. And so they do get to um, Cody's house, and... He's like, so are your mom and dad at home? And she's like, oh, no, it's just my dad. And then she's like, I left my window open so I can just climb up into the window. What's that all about? Yeah, so she's all rebels out of cause. And through this, just like, making out, making out. Aren't I just so? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes. That's true. What do yes. they call girls that hang out with <laughs> gay guys? Kind of some sort of bait or something. Fag hags? Yes. <laughs> That's nothing to do with bait. I don't know. She just seems like she just thinks she's so quirky. And, oh, I made out with my gay friend. It meant nothing. Making out's making out. Just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's Just not putting like on this annoying show to me. Excuse the language. It might be an old school term, but that's not a fag hag. I don't, I don't understand this making out with gay guy thing. I think that's like a new, that's a generation beyond me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and so, and then I give her the tiniest pass. I get a little bit generous to her that something's going on with her dad, so maybe she is a rebel with a tiny bit of a cause. That's what I'm thinking, is there's... There's something, and we'll probably find out pretty quick. She's messed up because of who her dad is. Could she be like Miss Watson's little sister? Oh, gee, I don't, I don't know. Like, is is Nick her dad? Hmm. Another thing I didn't even think. I, I mean, just I pictured fo- him I a Caleb type. More, <laughs> I focus more on like her whole thing about having her window open and climbing inside. Yeah, obviously she doesn't even want to see her dad. She doesn't. Yeah. It sounded like, I don't know, to me it was not that she'd get in trouble for going to a party. It was more like, I just don't want to see him tonight. 
just avoid oh, him oh. at all costs at any time. Oh, see, I took it that she would get in trouble. Hmm. I took it like she's abused or something or or has like a really hard-ass dad. Yeah, that's possible too. But my first thought was just, I don't know, maybe because so much of that is going around in the show. <laughs> just <laughs> And, you know, not necessarily sexually abusive, but just abusive in general. Just avoid him. Right. Well, I'm going to put it out there. I think her dad is someone important. I, I'm i putting it out there. I think it's Nick. Yeah, I like that theory. I think she's Miss Watson's little sister. Huh. Cool. Yep. I could be wrong, but I thought I was wrong about uh, Caleb being Dylan's dad. And guess what, people? I was right, so suck it. <laughs> 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 and I guess that a few months ago. I need to tell myself to suck it because I didn't believe it myself. <laughs> yeah. Then we get to the last thing where Norma comes home. Dylan is in the kitchen and confronts her about her brother. Yeah, he's giving him the money at this point and he's feeling quite bold. Like, we're going to be together forever, me and my uncle. Yeah, he has, yeah, he, like I said before, he has bought into Caleb, Hook, Line, and Sinka. Yeppers. And gave him $11,500. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, she senses all this, I think. Maybe not to the extent, but. Yeah. She's, like, terrified that he's going to have a relationship with this guy. and Well, he yells at her. He's like, you know, I've been with him one day, and he's been nicer to me than you've ever been to oh, me. Oh, yeah. That's you know, right. and that is probably what just cracks Norma's brain, you know. Right. Because Dylan's also like, you know... Caleb told me what your dad did to you guys and how he wanted to save you and he couldn't, he didn't protect you. You know, I mean, just all that crap that Caleb fed him. Yeah. that You know, not telling Dylan that he was the one that was the predator, not their dad. I mean, maybe the dad was too, you know. Right. But Caleb wasn't completely honest with Dylan and that's when Norma's like, he raped me every day. And Dylan's like, I don't believe you. You're making that up, you know. Oh, and she says it a few times and her chin quivers. It's, oh, what a job they did. So I don't good. know how you could see someone. I was going to say this about the first scene where Norma sees Caleb in her kitchen when she throw, when she manhandles him out. She looks terrified. Yeah, but Dylan, you know, he just looks at his mom as the drama queen, and I think yep. he dismisses a lot of all that kind of thing. Although he's gotten better, but just he's got blinders on from the beginning. Right. He does. He does. But if you if you notice Vera and or Norma 
you know, in in that first scene where she confronts Caleb, she looks more scared of him than mad at him. Yeah. You know, and she does it again in this. Like, she just, the whole idea of Caleb just terrifies her. So that's why I, I believe Norma, you know, I just believe her. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, you're right, I'm sure. So they, they're just screaming at each other, you know, because Dylan's trying to defend Caleb and Norma's telling him that, you know, he raped her every day and he's like, I don't believe you. And then Norman comes home and just like freaking attacks Dylan in the kitchen. <laughs> Good grief. He punches him so many times in the face. And he just picks him up. It was amazing. It was amazing. And it wasn't Fugue Norman. It was. No, where he has like super strength because he's like. (laughs) (laughs) He's just. Man, he's mad. Yeah. And it was amazing because on a normal day. You just look at the two of them, and you, there's no way Norman's going to beat up Dylan in a fight. No he was just way. excused to being gay. I mean, people think, you know. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, he's so sensitive and so quiet and, you know, and, and here he is. He just, like, picks his brother up and smashes his, him against the wall and, like, brings him down to the floor and just like punches him in the face like man a a lot (laughs) yeah oh man this oh just an amazing scene and oh and then Norma gets so sweet about it she's like he can't help it you know she so what did she mean by Dylan can't help it she just felt like, I think she meant that he just, he can't help it. It's his dad. He's going to have this tie to him that none of us understand. He's going to believe in him. Even though Dylan didn't know it was his dad at the time, I think she meant he can't help it because it's his dad. And they're connected somehow. Like there's some sort of connection that Yeah. Dylan doesn't even know is there. Yeah. Okay. And she sees that, and she gets kind of soft. It's so sad, the way she does it. And then Dylan's face. Oh, man, the look on his face. That was amazing. Max Terrio, I'm telling you, his facial expressions are the best. Oh, it was it was amazing. It was. He looked utterly terrified, grossed out, surprised. Oh, the I mean, way they work that scene and just the room just stops, you know, and it's all about Dylan's reaction and Norman is stunned. And, oh, it was amazing. What a great reveal. They did it so well. It's too they bad did. we guessed it. <laughs> I know. I kind of wish I hadn't. But I still, even when I guessed it, I didn't think it was right. So it's not and like. So I think that's what Harold was getting at is that. They really played it up this episode to where 
if you even had an inkling, you were sure by the time that they revealed it that he was his dad. You were sure. Yeah. Everything they did pointed to it. It it kind of did. It kind of did. Cause, it was yeah. way more daddy figure than uncle. Everything that, the every reaction he had to him. And, you know, I had a couple articles I read, but I think I'll save them because this one's gone on too long. <laughs> but, I don't know, some interesting things. Well, I'll just really brief. Okay. One article where Vera Farmiga is so cute. She talked about how close she's gotten to Freddy and Max. They're like, she feels like their mom. And since Freddy's, um, well, one, Dylan and, sorry, Max and Freddy, D- Max is like totally into bodybuilding and he's getting Freddy into it. And so he's starting to buff up. And I don't know, Norma says that she looks at him in the first season and he's totally changed his body type. I haven't really noticed, but apparently Freddie has been working out. Well, maybe that's why Cody says that to him. Like, you can get ripped. Right. Maybe that's an excuse. Yeah, maybe they're like, okay, if you keep going to the gym, Freddie, we're going to have to write that into your story. (laughs) We're going to have to write it into the story. Exactly. (laughs) Like, if you do tech, you'll get buff. (laughs) Right. So all of a sudden, he's like, by the end of the season, he's like, oh, really? <laughs> he's got like, these pythons as arms. <laughs> no, but it was really cute because, especially, it seems like especially with Freddie, she's really formed a bond because his family's in London, and so you know when they're filming in the United States. He's kind of adopted her as his mom, and she's got a little five-year-old boy, and I guess those two are super close. And they're like, he's like the big brother that her son never had, and it just all sounds very Mm, cute. I really liked hearing all of that. And then there was one of Carlton Cuse talking about this episode specifically, and this was just the one thing I was going to talk about is he says that... Vera Farmiga, okay, the people ask, um, how have you known that Dylan's father was going to be um, his uncle since the beginning? You know, how long have you known that? And he's like, that's actually something Vera suggested. She. Really? Uh huh. Okay, so they say, okay, this is from Entertainment Weekly. Um,. He says, back when I first discussed the show with A&E, I mentioned with them that I would love to add a brother character number one because I thought it would be great to have a window of normalcy to look out at Norman Norman through the perspective of this other guy. Also, it just felt like this dynamic of this other brother kind of creating triangulation in the family dynamic would be super great. Carrie, Aaron, and I put flesh and bone on the Dylan character, and I think as we started writing him and developing him and actually watching him and seeing how hurt and damaged he was being the sort of third wheel in his family, it felt like a natural progression to try and explain that and deepen our understanding how that happened. Then honestly, it was Vera who sent us the idea and thought, what if we do this? Carrie and Vera and I talked about it. It was just one of those things that, oh, this completely makes sense. It was all 
kind of sitting on the table and we and then it all kind of fell into place so interesting interesting because it does because she had such animosity towards dylan yeah it just makes total sense and i think we talked about it in like the uh, our first one or two episodes like why would she feel this animosity towards him? Uh-huh. You know, I mean... It makes, yeah. It, she even tells him in, like, the first episode or two that she hates him. Right. And why else would she hate him? I mean, that's that's a horrible thing for a mother to say. Because if anyone loves you, your mother loves you, you know? Mm-hmm. So if your mother hates you... Then you're like a spawn of the devil or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it totally makes sense. Should we end this? Yes. (laughs) I have to get scout up at 7.30, All right. Well, it's been fun. This was a fun episode to go over. That was fun. Yep. So, all right. I'll let you go. And uh, we'll let all of you go. <laughs> and thanks for joining us. Oh, that's right. People are still listening, huh? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Emily and I usually try to do this like in, in the morning. morning. In the morning. Normally, we do our episodes. We record these at like 9 or 10 in the morning. But tonight... We couldn't start till like almost nine thirty at night. So And then we had a what the bit long Oh man, we had a long what we've been watching. Yes. So you know. So yeah. It's just one of those things. It's now almost two. So (laughs) anyway, you know, email us. Yes mother podcast. Oh, yeah. At gmail.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. You can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, just put yes, mother, and you'll you'll find us. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Um, well, um, chill your own ass. Chill your own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm so tired. I haven't slept a wink I'm so tired My mind is on the blink I wonder should I get up And fix myself a drink No, no, no I'm so tired I don't know what to do I'm so tired Mind is set on you. I wonder, should I call you? But I know what you would do. You'd say, putting you on, but it's no joke. It's doing me harm, you know. I can't sleep. I can't stop a brain, you know. It's three weeks. I'm going insane, you know. I give you everything I've got for Although I'm so tired I'm 
cigarette and cursed Sir Walter Raleigh. He was such a stupid get.